Alex and this is the Northern Guides to Happiness. Welcome to episode 33. Thanks to everyone who's listened so far and welcome if you're just joining us. As always, I'm here in our virtual studio with Andrea and Kath. Hello, how are you? I'm fine, yeah, yeah. Just uh, enjoying listening to all the uh, the news at the moment from various parts of the world. So It's been, it's been a busy day, hasn't it, uh, yeah. on, on today's yeah. uh, day of recording. Andrea, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine. Well, I'm fine. I'm coming to the tail end of self-isolation. Cause oh, bless you. Oh. We've all had... The corona, as my youngest oh. calls it. <laughs> it finally caught up with you. It finally caught up with us and we, we went down like a stack of cards or a house of cards. So if I forget what I'm saying mid-sentence, I do apologise, which isn't good for a podcast, but it's happened quite a lot in the last week. <laughs> there must be some benefits to having the whole family down with it. Oh, it's... Lo- yeah. Lots of precious family time, yes. Oh, has it been precious? Have you enjoyed it? <laughs> yes. Inverted commas, inverted air commas. Rooms. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> well, on, on on the other hand, I've been I've been out and about. I've been to the theatre, Andrea, while you've been isolating. Aww. It was oh, it was wonderful to be back. Dare I say, in in a packed theatre. Uh, we were at the uh, Theatre Royal on Saturday to see Six, the musical, oh, which was, oh, I wasn't quite sure what to expect, but it was incredible. It was amazing. So, uh, yeah, really fabulous performance. And it's been so long since I've yeah. been at a theatre performance. So it was great to be back. Great to be back. Yeah. Very, very yeah. good. It was. It was exciting. <laughs> Lots of singing and dancing, which I'm not normally fond oh, of, but you? this was just brilliant. <laughs> And, and were you compelled? Did you stand up and, and oh, dance? I gave my, gave my appreciation and applause, <laughs> but, you know, nobody wants to see me dance and nobody certainly wants to hear me sing. So, uh, no, I kept quiet. <laughs> well, on that note, shall we introduce this week's guest interview? Um, this week's interview is with Andy Haddon, who runs Big River Bakery, a social enterprise based in Shieldfield in the east end of Newcastle. We had a great chat about the background to the bakery getting started, why it's such an important part of the community in Shieldfield and the impact of getting involved in the Hairy Bikers recent Go North series. We met for a face-to-face interview in the bakery itself, so our regular listeners may notice a difference in the sound of the recording, but it was great to actually meet Andy face-to-face. Anyway, enough of me talking. Here's Andy. Welcome to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Thank you for talking to me. It's a pleasure. Um, I should probably explain to the listeners that we are sitting in the bakery. There's uh, probably a little bit of uh, background noise that people can hear, which will hopefully add to the ambiance of the recording. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're a full-on bakery. We've got a cafe, shop. Uh, and a training school all in once and there's always things going on yeah so tell me a little bit about yourself can you introduce yourself for me (laughs) i don't know how far you want to go back really but um right well i've been doing this bakery thing for nearly 10 years now but uh it's been quite a long journey even to get to the start of it uh i'm a geordie 
northeastern, uh, Northumbrian actually, I would say. Okay. And um, yeah, after school, university, got into corporate work, travelled around a bit, UK, Germany, China, ended up getting a bit emptied out by it, 15 years of that. And I was in on the high street in Shanghai, thinking, what should I do next, Geordie boy? <laughs> and my earliest childhood memory was hunting for chicken's eggs under the hedges. Of course. Uh, clutches, finding a magical thing in it, just under a hedge at my uncle's farm. He's long dead, up in Wylam. So, okay, follow that thought. And I went back there, got a little house. I came back actually and did an MBA at Durham to transition from China, coming back, and then I got my little house. And that's, but I, I gradually felt more and more un, uh, uncomfortable with that corporate life and not finding the purpose that fitted for me just making money and I got a bit lost I think personally I got more and more interested in climate change a lot of trial and error different business startups the yeah. renewable energy center at Blythe started the first gin company in the northeast of England oh, wow. for 200 years oh, now you're talking my language yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but I didn't really want it saying on my gravestone I sold a lot of gin it didn't yeah. feel right even that mm-hmm. but it was a good learning curve to create a brand create a product get it out there sell it right. so there's lots of learning and you know learnings it doesn't really matter whether you fail or succeed treat them the same really I think yeah. and it, it, and um so yeah and then a volunteer group called Wylam Green Street I started in the village I live in Climate Change Action Group, and then after it dawned on me that it's not going to grow and really have any impact on climate change. I went to South Africa to the Earth Summit, global activist, about nearly 20 years ago, and um, realized the only way to really make it scale and develop wasn't just a volunteer project, because volunteers run out of steam, for whatever reason their passion goes, or they just get busy on other things. So so created a social enterprise, and that's eight years ago, nine years ago now, yeah. So, and it's been quite a long journey to get it to what it is now. So where did the baking and the bakery come into it all then? Gosh, well, I think some conscious, some not. I think my mother was a great cook. I've always messed about with yeast. Pizza's mainly a little bit of bread. But I'm not a qualified baker. People think I should be, and maybe I should, I don't know. But I volunteered with a cooperative bakery in the northeast to learn enough to get it going I mean I've got five degrees along the way and different things but nothing to do with baking just, just the five yeah well I think I'm, uh, so, one of the things I say is I must have a drink problem and keeps me out of the pub it's terrible but um, but yeah so volunteered with this cooperative bakery in the northeast and learned there and, and then our thing was just a volunteer thing we used to bake in it um, in a bakery that wasn't being used on a Friday and then would sell the breads in Wylam library on a Saturday morning so people had come for their bread and their books and that was for years and that was my Saturday mornings <laughs> and selling them at markets the Quayside market and other markets Jessen market right at the start for years and years and uh, but it wasn't going to work really still it was a volunteer thing and just me and a couple others and it wasn't going to grow and it wasn't sustainable so created Earth Doctors, the social enterprise, and under that umbrella, the bakery brand sits and this place and the other one at Teesside, this is on in Tyneside, we've got one on Teesside, this is where it sits uh, currently. So, so tell me about Big River Bakery then. <laughs> Explain to the, the, the listener what's, what this place is that we're sitting in right now. Right, uh, yeah, yeah, well it's, it was a supermarket, it was derelict for about 10 years, 
So it was quite mucky when we came in. So we did a crowdfunder, rounded up the money, got some help from Cy King actually with a crowdfunder. He was great helping us get the money for the oven, proper baking them. So it was a bit like a scrap man running around for eight years, getting bits of equipment wherever I can and <laughs> storing it wherever I could and just building up bits of kit. And then we got the crowdfunder and different bits of uh, funding, loans, all sorts to do the building up. And yeah, so it is unique, I think, in the UK, if not more wide, to have this production bakery of a decent size, uh, a shop and cafe. And the really special thing is there's a training space for employability programs, for dealing with people with working with people with different issues, uh, school kids, young and old, you know, people who pay sometimes to come on a Saturday to a course. We've got loads of people going crazy for our study course, study baking course, and our sourdough courses. So people book online and all that. So there's, so there's, to have a training space really works well because certainly that sort of long-term unemployed that come. They see a working environment and how it's not all about passing exams, it's getting stuck in, having a bit of fun, working hard, and they see they could maybe they could do it, and some of them say that. So it's quite powerful just to have this space that it, 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 uh, integrates different elements at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so it's based in Shieldfield. Yeah. I'm aware, I've, you know, I've popped in a few times, I'm aware of Shieldfield. My kids both went to Hotspur oh, Primary, just up the road. Oh, we've been up there and done a few sessions with the kids. So for, for the listeners who might not know a little bit about Shieldfield, oh. what's, what's, what's it like? Oh, well, Shieldfield's an amazing place, because, well now, so at the heart of it, there's some houses that have been here a very long time, like since the time of the Second World War before, was one of the few places bombed in the Second World War, actually. Mm. And after that, it's had a sort of, I think, 60s stroke 70s mm. redevelopment flats, low-level flats, high-rise flats. It's quite a lot of housing association property. Very diverse community. About 20 languages spoken in Shieldfield or something. But it's been a bit of a backwater. It's midway between the East End and the town centre and sort of misses out a bit. And it's hidden away because it's got a lovely park and a stand of shops, but it's not on the main street, so people don't see it and know what's here. So and that's sort of how it looks, and it's a thoroughfare with a new bridge into town by Northumbria Business School. So a lot of students come through here. There's a massive influx of student accommodation that surrounds the old core of Shield Field. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's how it is now, but there's such a lot of history. William Armstrong was born here. There's, if you can look back uh, time and again, Shieldfield's had a significant up. role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there's some great books that outline that, and I think it's time for it to come again. <laughs> and was this location picked for a particular yeah, reason yeah. then? Yeah, for sure. Because yeah. we could have put a fancy Dan artisan, as they call it. I don't really like that word. <laughs> fancy Dan artisan. <laughs> you know, but you know, that's what they call it, artisan yeah. food. But yeah. what is that for? Generally, it's for people who are quite... Ooh, quite affluent, financially fortunate. Now that's okay, great, well done. And we can we make breads that people with a bit more money can buy and, and love. But also, we really wanted to put a bakery into a community that isn't so affluent and make products and ha have an active role in the community. Products that people can afford, uh, impact on their health, and um, socially too, because come in and do things here together. It has quite a, a bonding uh, role that the bakery brings people out. So in lots of ways it helps. So I wanted to demonstrate it's possible to do that 
not in uh, some of the more affluent suburbs of Newcastle. Yeah. It didn't really interest me doing that. Yeah. yeah. I've popped in a few times and it definitely seems to have a good vibe about it. Is it, is it a happy place? Well, I think so. I mean, I've asked. We've got anyone listening in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a bakery. You've got some pressures at times. Production is challenging. You've got to muck in. You've got to be a real. It's all about a team, a bakery. If it hasn't got a good team, hasn't got a good team spirit. I don't know. I want it. I want the world to have a different food system, a fair or you know, I'd love it to be birthed here. Though some of the ideas behind that, but. All the staff don't have to buy into that. Some of them just want to be bakers or whatever. So, yeah, we've got a we've got a good good team. It's uh, and I, they keep coming back. <laughs> so it's an important part of the community. I think so. I mean, you'd have to ask them really. But there's a there's a community cafe down the street, and that's open on a Wednesday. Forum cafe, and I go in and I talk to them on the Wednesdays and see how it's going on. And the feedback from there is great. There was a competition just before Christmas the city council had for, you know, the, the best, like, business. Uh, I can't remember what the title was in Newcastle. Okay, we were runner-up, and that was great. But what was really lovely, all the people who voted for us online, all their comments, and there was hundreds, and they were just tremendous. And it, uh, I don't know, that word humble is a bit overused sometimes. Mm. But God makes you feel a bit responsible. <laughs> uh, but it was such a lovely feedback, great, and quite, yeah, you go, wow, because uh, it was tremendous. Well, I think when, you, when your head's just down and you're in it and you're just yeah. concentrating, yeah. you don't, you don't realise. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and we have, certainly up to Christmas, because that's when that competition was, it was like that. And it is like that in the bakery a lot of the time. Just got to focus and get the work done. Yeah. Uh, the in it, as well as the on it, yeah. And have there been any standout happy moments in the bakery? Oh. Well, getting the bakery created from nothing, from just a derelict building full of little furry animals. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can imagine. I know. But I, so creating that, there's been a lot of challenges. I think I don't sometimes celebrate it enough because you're always thinking of what could go wrong or what has gone wrong or yeah. the next challenge you've got yeah. to go for. So... I think coming out of COVID, anyway, who knows where we are with COVID, in or out, but, um, but getting the team back in, because some of them were furloughed, and the whole team back in, I think the Harry Bikers was a massive thing for us. You know, it's been quite hard, because every month I'm thinking, and this is for years, can I pay the bills? Can I pay the team? And the very end, can I pay me? And quite often the answer for pay me was no. Mm -hmm. But but then the the Harry Bikers came and we were on the BBC a little before Christmas on the last programme of their latest series, BBC Two, and it's had a massive impact in terms of both online and physically people finding us here and finding Shieldfield. Yeah, and yeah. so the customers are coming through the door, they're buying things online. Uh, you know, you still got the daily challenges. Think, oh, has the bakery burned down today? You never know. You never know. Things happen as a small business. They always do. And you just got to be resilient and creative and try yeah. and solve the problems that come and turn them into a positive if you can. But that has been a massive thing for us because, yeah, we've got a lot more customers. And that's just great. That has to be a good thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's coming out of COVID, more customers. The timing actually went really well for us. 
and then that fell into the Christmas uh, season. So, yeah, let's see how this year goes. But it feels quite good so far. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, we're, we're in January at the minute. You know, I'm, I'm not going to ask you about New Year's resolutions or anything like that, but uh, what are you looking forward to this year in terms oh, yeah. of what 2022 Yeah, there's loads. Well, really, it's the, the growth in the sales and, and the team coming together makes me feel more confident. So we've... we've See, they are laughing. They, are they, they sound happy, They're don't they? Happy I didn't make that up. I didn't tell them to do it. That's good. So um, this year, we've got a bakery on Teesside. It's a bit smaller than here. It's embedded in the university in Middlesbrough and uh, Teesside Uni. We've had quite a lot of inquiries from other councils and, and individuals saying, I want a bakery here. And they're quite, you know, the south coast of England several other, you know, different local authorities around the northeast making contact. So we'd like to take the model forward and, and help other other sites develop uh, in the northeast initially and then see how far we can go take it. I don't know. I think world domination's not quite ready for that yet. I was just going to say, what are your plans for world domination? <laughs> but that, you know, we have stotty baking kits. And we've sold hundreds and hundreds of them before Christmas, people buying them online and we pack them and post them. The furthest the Stotty kit's gone is Oregon, Portland, Oregon. Nice. Yeah, yeah, it is. I want to go. And, <laughs> so I'm thinking, where should I have a bake? I can have one in Portland, Oregon. And someone else has made an inquiry from New Zealand. But I think just keep our feet on the ground. Let's get this bakery rolling really well. Learn how to develop a few others and see how it goes. That's what the plan is. We've written a business plan to do that, and that, that's the intention this year. It's like a social franchise, really. That's the intention. There's not very many social enterprises actually in hospitality and food, most of them are in other areas. And we'd really like to demonstrate the power of doing it in food because it, it's not just, oh, yeah, it only survives because you get massive grants. It's a trading business, but it has social impact and environmental impact. We want to demonstrate that across not just one site, two sites, but more widely. And that's the ethos of social enterprise, isn't it? I, I run a community interest company. And you shouldn't be reliant on grants all the time. It well, is about that being an entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah, um, social entrepreneur, whatever you yeah. want to call it. But I think it's possible and it's needed more because the grants aren't really there anymore. So you have to be creative and uh, come up with uh, viable approaches. And it, yeah, it's just as valid as a business. It's got to be profitable and it can be. Uh, just yeah, you've got to use some creativity about how you make that work. Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. And deliver uh, social impact. You know, we've got a contract to deliver employability courses for long-term unemployed. So that's a contract. It's not a handout. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Going back to the Portland, Oregon thing, we, we, we talked to uh, Lucy and Paul Hull, who run For the Love of the North, which is a, a, a lovely shop in Spanish City. Right. Um, and they were talking about how yeah, a lot of their products that they, they sell on behalf of artists yeah. go out all over the world. Gosh. And just oh. the, the, the buzz of that. Oh, just, don't know, get seeing, me on that. Seeing their stuff being sent. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, oh, you got me on another one there. You know, I think completely. The study, the story's been really good. There was some posts went out today 
me and Carol Vorderman holding the stock together. <laughs> of course. She, just a regular day. But she came in here and because she's promoting the Take Flight campaign for Starling Bank. So they want to find 10 businesses, 5,000K, 5K each to start or help them develop the businesses, but in more challenged communities like Shieldfield. And because Carol came from a not privileged background at all in Wales. So, so great, she's the celebrity supporting that campaign. And they came to us because they see us as an exam, exam, example of what they're looking for and want to help. So that's great. So she came here and we had a bit of fun and she had a good, uh, she, yeah, she did have a study something. <laughs> so it was great. And the Harry Bank is the same. But like, I think there's a real great food and drink and uh, cult, uh, artistic culture in the Northeast. It goes back actually millennia. I think we're a sleeping giant in terms of our tourist potential and, and bringing tourists to the Northeast. You know, I think, so we'd like to be part of helping raise that awareness and get people here to have fun, spend some money, um, have a great time. So, I think you could definitely argue that the Stotty is part of the cultural heritage of completely. the Northeast, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah the whole yeah. No waste, the scraps, make them into a Stotty, quick bit of food for the kids instead of waiting for the bread to rise. That's one of the explanations of where it derived from. But yeah, um, it is part of the heritage, yes. And there's lots of other bits and pieces around food too. But I think we don't, maybe it's in the character of the Northeast that people don't shout about it too much, but I think there's no harm in promoting it if it hasn't positive impact, and we should do more. And we've got the excitement of the Hadrian's Wall anniversary, and the Lindisfarne Gospels, of course, are coming this year. Yeah, yeah. Hey, 2022, Well, God, there's no doubt they all had a bit of bread uh, along the way, these fellas. So, yeah, yeah, we might, we've we've talked about that before, you know, the, the bread heritage. Of the northeast, what else could we do? So there will be some other things that we could do. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, yeah. Bit of Roman bread, spelt. I think, I believe, the soldiers had a had a quota of spelt. So I can't remember the weight, but they had a, this quota of spelt bread every day. So without doubt, we should be making. Don't don't want to give away all my secrets here, but we'll, I think we'll be making a spelt making bread. Making more this work year. for yourself. Yeah, no, but we should. It's well, spelt bread's delicious. Yeah. So, this podcast is all about happiness. <laughs> is that something you think much about or not? Oh, gosh. Well, uh, not too deeply. I think I seem to have got past my uh, moody phase. <laughs> It lasted about 45 years. <laughs> You're into a chilled out phase now. Well, I don't know what. I think I'm sort of feeling more aligned to my purpose. Um, so that's a good thing. Yeah, I think, well, I've had some very sad times, you know, like everyone has. Uh, death, whatever, different things. So it, it made me reflect on what to use of one little life for. And so I feel quite comfortable with the route I've taken. It's been quite a challenging journey personally, you know, professionally, in lots of ways, but uh, yeah, I think I'm quite positive from that experience. I think sometimes if you've got run really low, felt really low, uh, I think, and you start coming up again, it's quite good to have that experience, to um, 
yeah, lose yourself, one way to describe it, and find yourself again. It's quite good to get lost, you know. Not always be so conventional and saying this is the only path I should take. And sometimes you're being uh, led down one that isn't really right for you. So you don't want to wake up on your deathbed discovering that. You might as well have a go at doing something that you're really passionate about. And I think that's what I found, and it has helped me a lot. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's a great description. I love it. And aside from the bakery, uh, what else brings you happiness then? Oh gosh. Well, I think I think a lot of uh, well, family and close friends uh, don't need too many close friends. I don't think. Well, most of mine uh, uh, passed away now, anyway. But um, or a few of them, anyway. The bakery's been quite all-consuming for quite a while, getting off the ground. So some of my hobbies that I've always done, well, done for a good while, like sea kayaking, getting out in the wilds, um, walking and biking. So those outdoor activities, getting close to something else away from all the noise and bustle is important to me, I think. Um, and yeah, so hopeful to get a bit better balance going forward now. Because yeah, you can't sustain that sort of seven day a week working for years and years. Uh, you can't in the end, you've got to feed your soul a bit. So a bit more balance and activities and fun with friends. I had a great Christmas. 10 days off I've never done that for I don't know how many years wow 10 days off yeah yeah bakery was that, yeah, was, yeah. That, was that hard or easy to do no it was dead easy <laughs> and I forgot uh, something I was meant to do on New Year's Day and I forgot my code to, on my debit card for the business <laughs> when I went back yesterday so that was really I thought that's really healthy so I, I, yeah I went up to Bambra the beach and stuff like that uh, stayed up there for a few days just some laughter and some loving seeing all the family it's been great <laughs> yeah yeah I did the same we were up we were up in Scotland visiting yes. family which yeah uh, I think the last I, couple of years it's been hard yeah 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 so we saw relations that we hadn't seen for two years well yeah. one of them young fella he's not too, he's 30 now and he's so young but uh <laughs> Yeah, not seen him for four or five years. So, it was, so I had some great family get-togethers in the early uh, before Christmas. So that was really super. Yeah, yeah, and then just chilling out by the fire and sorting out my garden. I keep bees. Got, so sorting out my beehives this over Christmas and, and chopping wood. <laughs> yeah, simple, that's what I like doing. I'm a bit sad. <laughs> that's what sound, that all sounds great to me. <laughs> <laughs> So how do you maintain positive health and well-being? We've kind of been asking a lot uh, of our, our interviewees. Yes. You know, we're not expecting the answers to, yeah. to, the, to world problems, but yeah. how, how do you maintain your mental well-being? Well, uh, I think I need uh, some space and time to myself. Mm. I've got a funny routine these days. Like today, I didn't, I didn't come to work till 7, but I, I get up sort of two in the morning and just potter about put some music on it's a great album by Keith Richards with these guys called the Wingless Angels who are the black dudes who used to spend his time reggae guys on the beach in the Caribbean when he was a bit younger so he went and made an album with it all they do is chant and smoke ganja I think and it's commune with jars they say and so the, he's done this fantastic album with it bringing guitars and turning this drumming in, and chanting 
into really great songs. And uh, albums like that, just, uh, I don't know if I'm communing with Ja or what, but uh, I love that music, that type of music. And I listen to that in the early morning and stillness, the stillness, and it helps me think. And sometimes I don't think, and the best ideas come then. So finding those quiet times, I think, are really important to me. Yeah, yeah. Occasionally I'll have a half a beer as well, you know, but not then. Yeah, yeah. So, thank you very much for talking to me this afternoon, right. Andy. It's been an absolute pleasure. I'm glad we've finally been able to pin each other down. Yeah, so it's been, yeah. I, I appreciate it. it was a bit hectic before Christmas, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Uh, so this is better, yeah. yeah. This is our first day back, but it's gone yeah. really well. Yeah. Uh, seems to have, anyway. It seems full of busy, which is, which is good. Yeah, yeah, to get customers in the door straight after New Year is really good. So, so yeah. how can people find out more about the bakery if they're wanting oh. to find out more? Well, you know, uh, come and see us in Shieldfield, postcodes NE21XU. You could look, look us up on any other social media, Big River NE, websites, bigriverbakery.com. So you'll be able to track us down from them. Yeah, yeah, come and see us. Come and bake some studies or whatever. There's all sorts of sweet stuff. Savory breads, obviously. Yeah, come and have a coffee. <laughs> and, and I was going to say the coffee's pretty good as well. I've had a coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a local so. company. We try and work with local companies. That's a fella, great fella. He 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 sorted out great machine for us, and he he he's based down Sunderland, and uh, he um, he roasts his own beans. Uh, he's just been really helpful training the staff, the beans, the machine. So, yeah, we try and work with local companies like that. And it, um, it helps, I think, build relationships. We've got loads of great suppliers like that. And, and it's, it's lovely to have built those relationships over time. It's something I really love, that part of it, I think. Well, thank you so much, Andy. Uh, and I'll end the recording there. Thank you. Okay, absolute pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> That was Andy. What did people think? I really enjoyed listening to this. <laughs> Why was that? <laughs> At various different levels. Uh, first of all, I've got to comment on his ability to produce sound baits. Um, <laughs> just wonderful. Um, feed your soul mm-hmm. and uh, treat success and failure the same, in the same way. And as he was searching for a fairer food system. So... Some of them were made you smile and other ones brought you up short. Um, mm-hmm. But I think what I, what I would love to say, Alex, I know you might have struggled in the nicest possible way with the quality of that interview sound-wise, <laughs> but I, yeah. I thought that created the most wonderful soundscape in the background. And mm. it, came, it came to me during the interview because obviously you could hear the pans crashing and all that sort of thing at the beginning but then about a third of the way and everybody was just laughing and joking in the background we couldn't have made that up because we kind of had sort of asked the question yeah is this a happy place yeah. and then later on I just thought, everyone well, was laughing sorry Andy if you just keep quiet we'll listen to the bit in the background <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just I just really enjoyed listening to that and there were so, so many good messages coming out of it as well 
super yeah, thanks Kath yeah Andrea what about you yeah I agree with you Kath I just wish we could smell oh, smell it as well it was so <laughs> I can good. imagine yeah yeah <laughs> combined with the coffee I had it was oh yeah perfect combination <laughs> oh uh, yeah um I'm I definitely want to go there I haven't I haven't been there before but I think um I I love stories about journeys and and people finding their way to where they are as well so sort of in the beginning you know there was this egg there was this small child (laughs) finding an egg under the bush I just found that really beautiful and profound and in how that kind of memory has kind of sparked a a really fascinating journey for Andy Mm -hmm. in his adult life I also love the fact that somebody in Portland has ordered this stotty making kit and just the idea of the possibilities of something beginning across different communities in different Mm. parts of the world is fascinating as well and I'm sure that sort of Andy and all the the young people that he's working with in the community in Shieldfield there's going to be such a wealth of stories Mm -hmm. that that come from making bread together um so it was it was really enjoyable and I sort of look forward to hearing more and seeing how the the bakery develops over time yeah we we were we were chatting as we were just sort of getting the the recording ready and uh he sort of said oh somebody's told me that I should make one of these podcast things uh and I was like I bet there's so many stories at the bakery as you've just said Andrea of, of people's experiences and you know why they why they love to come to the bakery and and the benefits of baking bread and all of that sort of stuff so uh yeah maybe we should watch this space if there's a big river bakery that's a a podcast that comes up keep an eye out yeah (laughs) my mum and dad lived in america for quite a few years and if anyone was visiting they had to get some stotties in their luggage so that dad (laughs) could enjoy his stotty stowaway stotties stowaway stotties (laughs) yeah Yeah, brilliant. Uh, Thank you, both of you. And thank you, Andy, for another fabulous episode. If you've been inspired by this podcast episode, then we'd love to hear from you. We love hearing your stories and opinions on what happiness means to you. You can get in touch via email, hello at thenorthernguidestohappiness.co.uk or you can find us on Twitter at North Happiness and Instagram and Facebook at Northern Happiness. We're really glad to be spreading joy and happiness around the northeast through this podcast, thanks to funding from the National Lottery Community Fund and the Newcastle COVID Fund. So thank you so much to our funders for their support. Next week, we talk to Cliff Evers, who is a senior lecturer at Newcastle University with a particular interest in coastal communities, surfing and how people engage in blue space and how it contributes to their well-being. So you'll hear me ask Cliff questions like this. Do people, in the stories that you've heard, have people talked or used the word happiness, contentment, joy, when they're thinking and and talking about blue space? And hear Cliff give answers like this. They do. Um, We we call it, it's often referred to as well-being in academic literature. (laughs) But people, if I say well-being, some people sort of get it. Yeah. And then other people are like, mm, what do you mean? And then, and then they say, but I feel happy. Yeah, yeah. And, and this is, and um, 
And when I get out, I, I you know, it just feels completely satisfied, mm -hmm. or it's life affirming, yeah. or, or I'm a bit troubled. They don't use the term well-being. This becomes almost like an academic discourse. Yes. Uh, it's becoming more popular now because there's a big well-being industry built around the notion of well-being. But it tends to individualise well-being. You know, well-being is something for the individual to work on. Whereas well-being is, and what people often speak about, when they speak about happiness and joy and satisfaction to me, they talk about a really very relational thing. What mm. are, you know, they talk about the, the wider issues in the community, okay, the, be it, um, you know, so, social and economic issues. They play a role and they connect that and say, and then I use the blue water to help me cope with that. So we've reached the end of another episode. We hope you enjoy listening to the Northern Guide to Happiness. Take care and see you all again next week for another episode. Bye.